Welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about service now. We'll be talking strategy, architecture, technology, and everything service now. This podcast is not affiliated with service now. The opinions expressed are our own. We're just people that are very passionate about the platform. Join us for every episode. All right, welcome to Service Sharp. This is Jason Gibson. I'm uh, joined here with uh, Brent Peters, Justin Claspel, and Randy. Guys, say hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> well, uh, we are talking today about Flow Designer. Um, as you know, Flow Designer is uh, one of the newest things with ServiceNow that is extremely useful. Um, not a lot of information that seems to be out there uh, and re- readily available anyway. And so we thought we would uh, talk about some things that we've come across and um, and just kind of have a quick discussion. Um, and then after that, we're going to be discussing uh, some questions that we've had in the past uh, and some things that we uh, we found on community that are some interesting questions that we uh, think that we could go over and kind of clear a few things as far as that's concerned. Um, so without further ado, uh, Flow Designer. What is Flow Designer? <laughs> well, nobody knows what Flow Designer is. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't realize this was a. I thought you were going to answer. Saying, but okay. yeah. <laughs> I was going for Justin there. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's a replacement <laughs> slash. Replacement? I don't know what else would it be for, for workflow, the workflow engine. Uh, it's like another way of doing uh, automation. Uh, you can do uh, pretty much anything, I think, anyway, that you can do in workflow you could do in uh, a flow designer. Some of it is a lot easier to do in flow designer because of the, the way it presents itself. And some of it is a little harder to visualize if you, when you first start using flow designer. Uh, if you have something that has a whole bunch of different steps to it that are uh, kind of like sectioned off like you would do in workflow where you can kind of move, you know, you can move it around and organize it however you want. Can't really do that in flow design. You can do comments, of course. So that does help. Uh, yeah. But yeah, visual, visually, it's not as user-friendly as workflow, but from a power side and a quick glance, knowing what the heck is going on, uh, I think it's a huge improvement over standard workflow. I really liked it. I liked that top to bottom, that, that um, the way that the flow designer is laid out a little bit uh, better than I, than workflow. Even at first, my first time I saw it, I'm like, "Eh, I'm not sure, but you know, uh, to to wrap it up to what it does, it really does, you know, uh, automate processes well. And, and it helps with the complexity stuff, right? It has a lot more actions and a lot more things that you can do, or at least to me, it seems that way. Do you think that is feel that way as well? That it's more capable? It's more capable because it's not got a lot of pre-built things. I mean, you could do in workflow, you can make your own actions as well. Or what did, they didn't call them actions. What did they call them in workflow? Uh, Just the workflow steps, yeah. 
No, I guess they were actions. Anyway, uh, you can make your own in that anyway. Uh, But in, to me anyway, in flow designer, the action creation is much more intuitive and uh, it just feels like a natural way to create something to be reusable. Uh, You have your input and your output and then whatever happens in between is your business logic that only the action should care about the flow or subflow itself. Who cares? You've named it this. I know the input. I know the expected output. Boom. It's just a lot quicker to read and I think it's better to create that way. Um, And I think you you hit on something there. I really like the way the inputs and outputs go, right? So, and I know this sounds weird, but using subflows in workflow just felt like an impossible task. Yet we're using subflows in Flow Designer. It just seems uh, a lot easier and a lot more dynamic. And uh, being able to utilize it for especially like catalog items and being able to do subflows there has been extremely useful uh, with repetitive processes that, that we've had. So um, I've really liked that. Yeah. The way that they present, I think that's the biggest difference to me is just the, the way it's presented to you. Like I was saying earlier, it's not as user friendly, but it really is probably more so once you start under, you know, after you've used had a little bit of time in there, and understand what it's doing because you're not going to understand the value of being able to see your input and your output on the data pill on the right, you know, like being able to see all that without having to dig in and open anything up is exceptionally handy. Uh, in my opinion, just for whenever you're doing that quick, uh, quick glance or, you know, trying to troubleshoot something or whatever, it's just a lot easier when you can actually see all, not all the data, I guess you don't know entirely what's happening in the logic without opening it but you at least know the input and, and the type of output that it's going to give you, which is right. a huge benefit because in, in workflow, you have no idea what the inputs are without either tracing back to the previous step, action, whatever, uh, or opening that one up to go to the actual uh, inputs or whatever right. they call that third tab that has a, has it all listed there. Like you don't know any of that. And even for the output, you don't, you'd have to follow it to whatever the next step is and then open that one up to see what it was expecting as an input to know, you know what I mean? Like the, the flow of it just just doesn't doesn't work very well compared to having something that's basically in a numbered list that you can go down through and just open up each one and expand it a little bit real quick, like without having to first, I'm sorry, I forgot to say you have to check it out in workflow to even open them. Right, right. Yeah, you don't have to fiddle with that sort of clunkiness. Um, yeah. I haven't had to worry about anyone possibly overwriting me I don't know how how good the uh, the publish is. Like I've never had anyone working in the same flow that I was to know if there's any worry or issue about conflict saves or anything like that. I assume it tells you if somebody else has recently saved. I don't actually know that for a fact, so that would be worth testing, I suppose. Uh, so I don't know if that's you know any sort of limitation because um, workflow. The whole point of it is you you check it out and no one else can do anything to it, right? Because you have it checked right. out. So that could be a, a, a concern if you have a lot of people who are going to work in the same thing. Um, I've yeah, been lucky I that I don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I've never had a I've never had a conflict with with two people working in the same, um, you know, flow anyway. Uh, so I'm not sure if that'd be an issue either. And there's really, I mean, there's really two parts of 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 the flow designer, right? You have your triggers and your actions. 
and you've got different kinds of actions as well. And the action can be an action, it can be flow logic, or you could call subflow, right? You have the three different parts of, uh, of an action. So you can do, the one thing that I've used a lot is the work notes part. So if you go into an action on flow, you can do ServiceNow core, which has like a ton of different built out actions, but one of which is just add a work note. And, and I've used that a lot. Um, I've posted previous, you know, approvals and stuff to other records that wouldn't have normally had it on there. I've, um, you know, when, when something's completed uh, or I need to document something, really adding it into the work notes has been really helpful. Yeah, there's, it's actually, now that you, the way you just said that actually points out one of the, one of the terminology flaws they actually have. They do call actions in the flow those are called actions, but then also the individual scripting slash whatever else spokes are also called actions. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's, I did not realize that until just now. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you're, there, there's a lot of flexibility there. It's also very easy to, to see. I like using it for logging. I like uh, just how easy it is. You know, you, they have a lot of pre-built actions, I think is one of the biggest benefits to me. Versus, uh, and uh, you know, workflow has a bunch too, but they're not quite as granular to me as right. what the ones in Flow Designer are that are built in. Uh, one negative is it does require, uh, what is it, Integration Hubs Pro or whatever to get to get like REST and PowerShell and uh, uh, whatever. I can't think what else they have to get those type of action types. Otherwise, you're right. stuck with just JavaScript actions. Uh, right. But assuming you get that, it truly does open up. I mean, again, you can make those in workflow. So it's not like you couldn't do them. You still, I think, have to have the same license. I'm not 100% certain, but I would, I, I'm assuming right. you do. Uh, and, I, and I don't know, you know, just keep in mind, everyone, we don't know what your contracts say. We don't know what verse, what what you have as far as your capabilities uh, compared to our capabilities, just because we don't know, you know, what level of contract you've signed for these things. So we're going to tell you what we know that's capable of. And if it's something that you don't see or you don't have, talk to your rep and see about what it would take to get there. But um like I don't have the custom actions for um, PowerShell and those in in my system. Um, yeah, there another client of ours does. So we have several different, you know, capabilities even in our group. So we have to be careful and cognizant of that. But the ability to do scripting and do REST calls in Flow Designer is huge, right? I mean, if, it depends on what you want to do, but yeah, it's, to me, there's really no reason to, aside from the fact that I now like it just in a user interface, uh, compared to workflow, like, you know, if you're not going to bother with actually creating your own actions to do some integrations or something a little more complex, um, it's not nearly the big win that it is compared to uh, just using Flow Designer in general, because it's really all you're doing is business rules at that point. You're just visualizing business rules if all you're going to do is JavaScript. 
right? Right, yeah. Uh, now, granted, that's still handy, especially if you have an up-and-comer or although they'd have a hard time probably learning it because it is <laughs> kind of funky uh, the first 9,000 times you use it. But uh, I, I don't know. I've I've been using it for about two years, but I didn't know very much about it until fairly recently because even though I've gone in and built basic stuff, I hadn't done any of the more complex, you know, subflows and, and some of that until, you know, in the last six months. And you helped me a lot with that, Justin. And I'm going to tell you, it to me, that changed it for me and changed the way I look at it is because now I just see it as easier than to, to track for me than regular workflow, uh, the workflow engine that, that we've had forever. Yeah, and a, a big thing is you have to have a. I'm not. I don't know if I'll use complex. I don't necessarily know if that's the right term, but just a a large enough project that your the bigger your flow gets, it is not. I think it's much easier to read than a large a large workflow is nearly. It's not impossible, but I mean, you all know how it's horrible tough. it is trying to read oh, yeah. through a giant. You got to follow the little lines, and then they cross, <laughs> and it doesn't have the little hops like you know, Visio does or anything like that. Anyway, right. it gets, it gets stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to it put does. it scientifically, it gets stupid. Put it scientifically. Uh, Every, yeah. <laughs> but in, and in flow design, you just, you literally just read down the page. And as you read down it, you know, if like, if you see a header that, uh, you know, like 1.1.1, well, I don't care about, I'm not looking for something about, you know, creating an incident. So I go down, I skip the, whatever's under 1.1.1, I don't care anymore. So it's right. just so much easier to skip to the area you want. And also understand the flow of it. Literally, you know, I mean, I think it's flow even, designer. I think it's easier to figure out what to do as well. So if I go to workflow and I'm looking to send an SMS message, okay, I go into core and I'm searching through that. So there's not a lot in there, but you go over to flow designer and they've got a ton of built-in stuff. I mean, everything from looking up a record, sending an email, sending a text message, updating a record, and it's kind of it's clear it's concise on what you're doing and you can do the same thing in workflow but it just doesn't seem as clear and as easy to use for that kind of stuff i mean if i'm creating a task and ending it fine you know i would oh, by still the way, just do it in a flow because it's a lot less i can't stand yeah. that the, the, especially like we were talking about a big workflow yeah. just how much how slow you know i, I don't work on on underpowered machines generally. Right. Uh, but the flow design, or not flow design, but the workflow editor, there we go, can bring your machine, your browser to a crawl, it feels like, depending on how big a thing is. Trying to drag them around and just, you know, double click on something to get into. It's just not, I'm sure it, it worked while we had it, but now we have something better for 90% of your, your opportunities, which is flow design. But I do need to tell you, there's a limitation to Flow Designer, and there's a couple. the The limitation is in the in the UI itself. It's weird. There's a there is an actual property set in in the system that sets the number of maximum actions. Okay, the number of maximum actions is set. I think out of box at uh, seventy five, either fifty or seventy five. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll look at it later. Get it, get it to you guys, but. It's set to a lower number. If you pass that, what's going, what ends up happening is it's not going to run those last actions, and it doesn't load them well. So I had a, a flow that had over 100 actions, 150 actions, 
And of the 150 actions, what it would do is I couldn't I couldn't even publish the flow because it would time out. The you, UI does that include subflows or is that only per per flow is the limitation? That's per flow. So if you call a subflow with you know and it, and it's not and it's not the system having the problem as far as running the flow. It's displaying it in the in in the interface. It, this is what's weird. Now, if you get it published, it will run it no problem. Of course, it was. It took like 15 minutes to bring it up. <laughs> you know, I wonder if that's just some sort of like metric on their side where 75 anything beyond that starts to maybe have performance issues or something. I'd well, think. that's what it is. It's the performance issues in the UI, not in the not in running the flow. So it'll run the flow just fine, really, no matter how many actions you have. Bringing it up and trying to work with the actual UI and add things and change actions, things like that, becomes almost impossible because it slows it down so much where you're, it's literally timing out every time you try and do something and you're waiting, you know, long periods of time for it to load. And, and so this was a big problem. Now, my understanding is that will be fixed in uh, this new Quebec. So that's something to look forward to. Um, they gave me a workaround in Quebec, but which was a uh, uh, some, you know, background script that to, to uh, set some properties and stuff. But um, it just is one of those things you've got to be careful not to overload it with too many actions in the flow itself. Thank you for listening to Service Sharp. We need to take a short break for a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Let's continue with our topics. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. In that case, if you have uh, more than the default 75 actions, could you take a sub uh, subflow and put some of those actions in there and, you know, keep just keep doing the subflows so you don't have that UI issue? Yes, absolutely. See, I, I haven't used flows designer that much. So, yeah. so that's why I'm what I have, today. what I, what I had was um, inside the, 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 what I ended up doing is I ended up breaking it up. Right. And then I ended up doing what's called a decision table. This is really the way that you should look at it. When you have that many actions, what I had was a decision tree, um, which basically said, if it's this, do this. If it's this, do this. And I had 150 of them. And instead of that, what they told me to do and what they recommend is to create that same decision tree, but instead create a custom table that controls uh, what is a decision table and an answer table. So what you're doing in the process is you're saying, okay, here's here's the decision. I'm going to go look in this table and find out what the answer is. And then I'm going to run the appropriate flow for that decision. So what it was is I have to run um, subflow one when this condition happens and subflow two when this condition happens. And so it ended up being too many steps. And so putting it in the table and saying, well, look it up. And if it's this condition, we're going to go put subflow one 
and approval flow one, and we're going to run those. And then we're going to call that back and do back to inputs and outputs being awesome on Flow Designer. We're going to document what those inputs and outputs, what the outputs are. We're going to document that over in comments, and then we're going to go on to the next one, right? So being able to use dynamic flows is awesome. It really is awesome. The subflows and using the, the decision tables with flows is, is really great. Yeah, so one of the things that I'm, I'm sure they recommended it as well, but that I that I generally do is like if I need to do some sort of, like if, if whenever I create an incident, uh, let's say a customer always wants there to be a log entry that specifies, you know, some date and time or some other, some data that's not necessarily a field, but they just want it added to like a journal entry or whatever. Uh, if I'm going to do that every time, I would make a subflow that would not only create the incident in that subflow, but then also add uh, any extra notes or logging or anything like that. Because I, I log a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially whenever you're, you know, testing it, uh, you're going to log a lot. But I would fill all those out and then uh, make that the subflow and you just call the subflow. So rather than having, five, even if it's just five lines, that's going to be reusable, right? Not just this one product. Well, in theory, not just this one flow is going to need to create an incident, or maybe I need to create an incident five times, you know, like maybe right. there's a bunch of if statements, like if it's a, if, if uh, you know, a user called in, we need to create an incident like this with these fields if, or whatever you're going to do it. Uh, I guess you could still technically do that within the create incident, but rather than have five different ones on one flow, just make it, subflow and do all that junk in the subflow uh, and then you're taking out you know instead of 10 lines it's uh, you know it's, well it's the one subflow right uh, and it, you know 10 is probably less than what you were going to do anyway especially if you're doing like any if or, or any logic like that but yeah no subflows are one of the big i think now in the training too uh by the way anybody listening to this now i i say this and i haven't done it for like two years but the developer side had a great flow designer course, great as in intro uh, flow designer right. course that I highly recommend. Anyone even considering it, uh, have your developer, even your admin, any, have anyone follow through with it. Uh, and it not only teaches you the basics of like flow and subflows, but I, I want to say you even create an, uh, a spoke and your own actions, which that might be like a follow-on course to that first one. But that was uh, that was. Was uh, I don't know if it was the same for you. That might be a course. I'm not sure. I did take the one that was in the in in ServiceNow course, and it was really good actions and whatnot. It was the knowledge course that I took, where you created the sub the, the actual uh, spokes and things to that effect. I don't know if that one did it, but but if it does, uh, definitely take take it take it regardless, because even if it's the basic stuff, and you haven't done it in a while. You know, it's always good to go through refreshers to make sure that you're able to remember the basics of it, right? Because I took some of these early on, and then it was, you know, a year before I did one. <laughs> you know, well, some of it's just terminology reminder too, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Or even just a refresher on how they're expecting, because I want to say it was a. I'm pretty sure it even has a little scenario of why you're building it. Most of ServiceNow training has that uh, of the free courses. I'm talking a free course, not a paid course. By the right. Way. Yeah. So yeah. just developer.service.com. 
and uh, developer. But anyway, they uh, have a little scenario, so you know, you kind of get an idea on why they were doing it this way. Uh, boy, I hope that course is still as good as it was. They do have. They do have. Still have the course. It's actually under the um, now learning. It's uh, if you haven't been there recently, it's the nowlearning.servicenow.com. And the course is actually still there, and you get a badge for it. Oh, take the course, get a badge. Oh, uh, well, I didn't even get a badge. That's I got robbed. See? You, you got yeah. You need to go retake it. You get a badge. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I have any badges besides keeping my. Do you get a badge for when you do your, uh, oh, Delta? Yes. yes oh, that, those are the badges I have been. However long yeah. I've been getting a badge for that. I have, I have a whole bunch of deltas. Uh, they used to fact, give you badges. Really to, close for to attending. Losing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say they used to give you badges for attending things too. Yeah. Like knowledge and mm-hmm. your group, uh, user groups and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know which account it would all be under. I, I almost lost yeah. all of my certifications this year because I wasn't paying attention and I and I wasn't paying attention to my emails and I finally got the oh your yours are going to your delta is going to expire in two days so <laughs> I'm like I guess I'm spending some time on that <laughs> I got I got to do the wonderful fee we're getting a little sidetracked here so flow designer yes uh, yes, yes yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I don't have a whole lot more praise to give it than I think I've already done. If I haven't talked you into it yet, uh, well, well, I should I mean, have by now. But it, it's just well, there's a lot more you can do with it, you know. And there's a lot of built-out stuff like AD. There's the there's a bunch of eight folks. There is a bunch of SCCM folks. Um, it comes with a bunch of just out of the box folks for password reset and things like that. Just the basic version will have some of that. Um, don't they even have something for, uh, like teams? I didn't like, they have like a new teams. Well, not new, but a team spoke. So you can do, if you're connected to, uh, they have eight of you, they have all tons and they keep adding to that. That's one I need. Okay. I haven't kept up on. I, uh, generally just write my own, but. Uh, yeah, there they have all sorts like, of I don't stuff. know why you would have this, but like Amazon, they have several Amazon ones. They have uh, several um, like Amazon Alexa. They have an Alexa app. You know, I, wonder, I have um, no idea what that would do. <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. they have like AWS. Uh, last time I looked, I knew they had some basic AWS stuff. Uh, yeah. I did not look into them to know, you know, like if it was creating a new database. Uh, in I can't remember what they what is the AWS database well they have a couple but the I well, they see have, seven they like, AWSs yeah they have, so, they have a bunch of AWS ones. like cloud formation uh, IAM uh, elastic load balancing that kind of stuff well and they have things like uh, for for Azure they have things like you know management of runbooks management of jobs updates you know stuff that to do state configurations they've got the DevOps stuff, you know, if you're if you your organization is running running Azure DevOps, um, they have just one that I will never recommend ever is the uh, they do have one for Remedy. Um, <laughs> so they've got hooked into just about everything, right? Uh, Cisco, 
And that's really the biggest benefit over workflow is while there is a lot of, of built-in actions for workflow, mm-hmm. boy, I just feel like I'm using the wrong term there. Uh, they don't have nearly the amount that they do have broken out for the for flow design. Or even when you're building yeah. your own, like the, the ones I've written, I've done some REST and PowerShell both in uh, custom spokes that I've made for, for flow designer. And you can just separate it out and it's, it's very, very easy and it's clean, keeps everything separate. So it's not like it populates some big global, like, I mean, you can add them to global if you accidentally create them that way or want to, I guess. Uh, but you can keep them all separated out into their own little drop down, basically, uh, and keep it clean that way. E- uh, even your own custom integrations, which work the exact same way in terms of how they're viewed as uh, as the built-in ones. Right. So one of the so- one of the things that I saw that I liked the most is uh, there's one that I saw that actually them actually do is one for Twitter, um, but it was stuff they put out for their company. They had a whole bunch of um, basically any kind of incident things would be would shot be shot out to Twitter, and that, I thought that was interesting. Uh, lovely Twitter. Pretty cool that they can autom- you know automate that. So I mean, granted, all of this you could do on your own too by creating right. uh, a REST or I don't know why you would do PowerShell over REST for something like Twitter, but anyway. Um, but the <laughs> fact that they have them already pre-made, and it uses, or at least the ones that I have used, uh, they use the built-in credentialing, connection and credentialing system. So it's not like it's, you know, your developer doesn't have to get your password uh, if right. you have it separated out enough that way anyway. Uh, they they just choose the, whatever you've named your connection slash credential, and that's and, uh, that's how they work. I don't. Well, I, I think, don't know for Twitter if it works the same way, but I do know for the the ones that I was working with for PowerShell, uh, you just chose a connection and credential, like you right. normally would. Thank you for listening. We'll continue this topic on our next episode. We want to thank our flagship sponsor for this show, the Sharpstone Group, LLC. Sharpstone is your source for all of your ServiceNow needs. Implementation, development, administration, strategy, and architecture. Contact the Sharpstone Group today at info at sharpstonegroup.com or 405-594-0100. We'd love to answer your questions or have you on the show. Contact us at ServiceSharp at SharpstoneGroup.com or find our LinkedIn info in the notes. Additional sponsorship opportunities are available.